Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I'm here with my longtime friend, mentor, former business partner, and just all-around good guy, Mr. Ed Forbes, who is the CEO of Sterling Capital. How are you doing today, Ed? Doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while, man. It is a lot of fun to have you on here. And for those that have not been as lucky as me to be one of your mentees through these many years that I've been in the receivables management industry, and I will point out that Ed is, you can all blame Ed for my presence here. He is the guy that originally hired me and brought me into the business. But Ed, for those that haven't been as lucky as me to get to know you through the years, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. And, and uh, I'd just like to point out that it's a pleasure for once for you to interview me because at a business school, I got to interview a couple times and uh, was smart enough to hire you. So uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Yeah, Adam, um, I've been in the business for a long time. Um, I started out out of college. Um, I was an infantry platoon leader, uh, got out of college. I was applying for government jobs, uh, answered an ad for a bill collector. Mm -hmm. So I, I really started out on the ground floor. I was a bill collector for three to four years uh, for a small agency in Virginia. Then I moved up to New Jersey and worked for a national collection agency, became a collection manager. Um, so I was on the collection side of it, got to understand that side of the business. Um, I was first hired on the banking side by Advanta Corporation, which eventually became Fleet Credit Card Services. Um, started out, out as an agency auditor, which was perfect for me because I was a, a rascal collector and I knew all the tricks. And the bank was smart enough to hire me to go in and check the agencies to make sure they were doing things right. So I was an agency auditor. Um, when Fleet purchased Advanta, I became the outsource manager. And when they implemented debt sales, I was part of the team that started debt sales originally with Fleet Credit Card Services. Um, I worked there until 2000. In uh, 2000, I was recruited by J.P. Morgan Chase when they were moving their headquarters from New York down to San Antonio, Texas. Um, I went down there was recruited to um, kind of re-engineer their recovery department um, with, a, with an entire team. I was responsible for outsourcing and debt sales. Um, went through a Six Sigma project, um, kind of re-engineered the entire thing. Uh, 2004, I was recruited to join some business people down here in Florida. Um, we started Credit Max. I was one of the founding members. Um, Credit Max originally, uh, it evolved over the years, but originally it was a debt buyer that developed a proprietary system or a system that, that uh, sold debt on the micro level. Um, obviously, that's where I met you, uh, recruited you for uh, join the sales team, but that didn't last long. You actually became more than that, kind of my right-hand man and my project manager. Um, so Credit Max was unique. I think we disrupted the, the industry. Um, certainly through our marketing. <laughs> um, and uh, in 2008, um, I left Credit Max. Um, kind of, uh, it was a mutual decision for me to leave. I remained an equity holder in the company. Um, I started, I, I took time off. I'd been working my whole life. You saw uh, all the baseball some... parks in the country, Ed. Let's not call it, let's call it what it is. You went on an adventure, a well-deserved exactly. adventure. No, I did. I traveled. I went to Africa. I went to, to kind of checked off my bucket list. 
um, a cousin of mine had retired from the Air Force and we tried to go to all uh, ballparks. I think we got 22 ballparks in. Um, I lasted about eight to nine months and I started going crazy. <laughs> like I got to get back into the business. So I started my own consulting firm, uh, which was uh, Sterling Capital Management. Um, as uh, CMAX was downsizing, I actually recruited the best of the best from CMAX, which included you, included a few other individuals, and we started Sterling Capital Management. Um, initially, we're a brokerage company. We brokered debt for, for uh, select clients. Um, we also did, uh, as you know, because you were part of it, we did some consulting for mid-sized banks where we'd come in, kind of uh, do an evaluation, re-engineer their recovery departments, help them with asset sales, things like that. Um, for 10 years, obviously, I think you were with Sterling till what, about 10? Yeah, 2010, 2011, yeah. Yeah, so um, I I actually, the irony is I was always involved with CMAX. When CMAX transformed over to a finance company, um, the CEO that took over the company um, recruited me to stay on board there, brought me in to, uh, to help out with underwriting, with um, business development, so that's that's how I got my first taste of specialty finance. Mm -hmm. um, initially, from a business development perspective, they did uh, initially ask me to do some underwriting. It wasn't my forte, but I got to understand it and appreciate it. Um, in 2019, after a 10-year run, I uh, um, closed Sterling Capital Management and I joined Seaport Specialty Lending. They were a new, uh, specialty finance company. One of my old business partners had started that company and, uh, they brought me on board to, um, focus mainly on business development. And over a three year period, I helped them grow their book from about 20 million to under a hundred million, uh, under, um, assets under management. Mm -hmm. So, um, I left at the end of 2022, um, obviously, uh, for specific reasons. I uh, ended up taking the majority of 2023 off, um, kind of, it was a re repeat of 2008, got back to my bucket list, um, started, uh, believe it or not, walked into a jiu-jitsu gym, uh, got out of my comfort zone, and uh, uh, in my 50s, I was grappling with 20-year-olds, mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed that, <laughs> but uh, um, I took some time off 2023, so I'm, I'm back in the game again. Um, the only difference is uh, it's not with its first time I'm solo. It's not with the team. Mm -hmm. So uh, now it's, it's basically Sterling capital 2.0. It's not Sterling capital management, but it's Sterling capital. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see what you're working on now, Ed, because, you know, through a lot of that story, I mean, I came in, you know, around the credit max portion of that. And obviously we did a lot of different things together through the years and, and saved countless houses by helping the banks better understand what they had in terms of their assets during the uh, 2008 crisis, 2009. I mean, like so many incredible things that I learned through the years, like how to be a consultant, which allowed me to eventually go off and build comply arm and, and do some other things, learning those things from you. But the most important thing that I learned from you through the years was to always do business the right way. 
And so even in the <clears throat> wild west that was the debt sales marketplace prior to 2008, um, you always, every transaction that we ever did, and we did thousands and thousands of transactions, we had, both sides had to win. There was no other way. Everybody had to walk away from every single deal happy, or it just was not going to be acceptable. And you showed me that that is possible, but only if you're willing to put in the work, right? Somebody has to put in the actual work to find that balance. And I think you did um, an incredible job of instilling that not only in me, but in a lot of people that are now leaders across this industry. So uh, personally want to thank you for that opportunity through the years. Now in Sterling Capital 2.0, things are a little bit different, right? You have all of these different expertise and now you're kind of building a new organization that allows you to leverage your skill in your relationships without necessarily throwing um, the entire workload on your back, which personally I think is a perfect location for you in the space because it allows you to help people with that, that growth or that exponential jump to the next level. And I think a lot of organizations get stuck at a specific level and it takes somebody with that type of an attitude and knowledge to help provide some direction to get to the next level. So in, in that regard, what are those areas that you're going to concentrate on as you're going into 2024? Well, I'll tell you about the areas, but one of the things that I'm doing because I am solo is I am partnering with some groups that I've done business with in the past mm -hmm. that I know have a high level of integrity. Um, I'm at a point in my career where if, if I don't trust you and I don't like working with you and I don't have fun, I'm not going to work with you. So Fair. Um, having said that, I have partnered with some some key groups that I, I feel really comfortable with. So I, I am still doing brokerage. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's only a part of what I'm doing, but I am partnering with the group. So, you know, I'm, I'm still focusing on the, the midsize issuers that don't have the expertise where I can step in and help them set up their internal platforms as it pertains to compliance and legal. Um, but, you know, if, if a group uh, wants to bring a portfolio to the market, I can advise them. And then I, I have a strategic alliance with a group that has a pretty robust platform. So I'll be involved in the process, uh, but I'll also have a team behind me. So I'm, I, I just inked that deal. I haven't made it public yet, but I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm also going to leverage my expertise that I've learned over the last seven years with specialty finance. Mm -hmm. Um I recently signed a client that um, just wants me to handle all their capital raise. Mm. And uh, it's not it's not the fact that I'm a financial genius here. I just understand the process. I understand the people. I understand who to go to. I understand the structure. So um, this particular group is bringing me in to help them uh, identify deal flow. Mm -hmm. um, also uh, to take their existing book and their future financial needs and build a, um, a deck and, and shop and find them the right partner. Mm -hmm. um, things are tough now. Obviously, it's a different world, right? Really high. It's it's really high. But you know, a lot of a lot of groups go out and just do business with the, the first group that wants to loan them money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's so important that you're partner with the right group that understands the business that's going to support you, support your growth. That is not going to you know pick up the phone one day and call you and say, by the way, we lost our financing, so we can't finance your forward flow deals. Um, you taught me a long time ago that the most valuable money in this business is patient money. 
And I remember you pointing at an individual at, we were at the RMAI conference. You pointed at me, said, that guy's going to be here forever. And I said, why? You said, cause he's got patient money. He's never in a rush. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you'll look at the, the groups that will survive right now. And, um, the ones that have to purchase and will, will overpay for portfolios, regardless to feed the machine, mm. um, they typically die off. Those that uh, have built a book and have equity and um, can be patient, uh, they wait. And, and I think we're in a position now where we're going to start seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities. Um, also, uh, any, any groups that are out there that have a, a portfolio that they're looking to exit the business, uh, um, uh, have the capability of coming in. Um, I have some people, like I said, I'm working on my own, but I have strategic alliances. I have an alliance with uh, one of the best underwriters that I've ever dealt with. So, you know, we can come in and do an evaluation and, and privately shop their portfolios. Um, I certainly got uh, over the seven years, I've got to know the people you know, behind specialty finance companies. And uh, these are groups that have an interest in our, our industry that not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also, um, you know, I'm, I'm still open to, to consulting jobs as it pertains to the, the smaller and mid-sized banks. Larger banks have kind of got it uh, together as, as it pertains to their processes. But a lot of these fintech companies are coming out. And it reminds me of 20 plus years ago where recovery was an afterthought yeah. where, you know, the general counsel would look at me and go, sell to whoever you want. Um, it doesn't matter. Once we sell it, it's not ours. I mean, those <laughs> days are over. So I think the big banks have made the adjustments. I'm starting to see the, the fintech companies really, you know, they're still looking at recoveries as an afterthought. Oh, you can sell it, sell it to whoever you want. And uh, so obviously today is being driven by compliance and uh, it's it's definitely a different world. Well, it's a very different marketplace than we've seen in the past. And I think from a financing perspective, as the volumes increase and the liquidation rates decrease, which is the expectation, um, you know, over 2024, if you look at the TransUnion third-party collection Dados report, um, we did a podcast on that a few weeks ago with uh, Manny Placencia and Mark Naiman talking about what those expectations are for the marketplace in 2024. And with that rise in volume and decrease in liquidation, financing is going to become a bigger and bigger issue. And so those groups that have their financing in place, and even if they are comfortable with the financing, it feels like now is the time to get that in place or to get your options in place because the worst time to shop for money is when you need money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think the groups that are doing well have had their financing lined up and they're being patient and they have patient partners. Yeah. You have to have partners that are not just stomping their feet saying growth, growth, growth. Um, you have to look, you know, there, there's times to pause and just say, hey, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And uh, people are not in debt buying just to break even or feed the machine. Those groups, uh, they, they they burn up, they die. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh I think I think even with specialty finance companies, which always have, um, you know, the, the 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 pressure on them to grow their books, um, I think a lot of them have financed deals that they shouldn't have. And it's a margin uh, game. The margins are too thin to be playing margin games right now. No, absolutely. And um, I, I I like to see it. I've seen some some groups out there that are saying no to deals, mm -hmm. and and that that's got to happen. But uh, you know, I'm still, like I said, I'm, I'm a couple months into this. I'm going to RMA, meeting with some people. I'm still trying to, you know, 
I'm at a point where, like I said, I'm going to do business with the people I feel comfortable with. I'm going to be select and I, I don't have to take on a lot of clients. So, but I do know that I'm, I'm, I'm back in the, back in the game and I'm here for a while. I think that's the perfect place for you, Ed, is being the boutique guy who solves problems, right? It's like Winston right. Wolf coming in in Pulp Fiction to solve problems, right? When shit hits the fan, Ed's, Ed's the guy I call. Um, I think it's a, a perfect location. I'm looking forward to seeing how things progress and really looking forward to seeing you next week in Las Vegas. Absolutely. I look forward to it. For those of you that are watching, if you have any additional questions you'd like to ask Ed or myself, you can leave those in the comments on LinkedIn and YouTube, and we'll be responding to those. If you have additional topics you'd like to see us discuss, you can leave those in the comments below as well. And I'm willing to bet I can get Ed to come back at least one more time to help me continue to create great content for a great industry. But until next week, Ed, I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Absolutely. And for those of you watching, hope to see you at the RMAI next week. If not, we'll catch you again next week on Receivables Roundtable. Thanks so much, everybody.